Ah, the Wilderness Lodge Resort. It's a rustic recreation of a hundred-year-old American National Park Lodge. Tons of granite flagstone, hundreds of lodgepole pines, and frontier artifacts all help to recapture the romantic wilderness feeling of a genuine Rocky Mountain Lodge. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no. Have you watched Encanto yet? No, I haven't oh my seen gosh. it yet. Okay, well, that song will be in your head for days and days. Okay. Um, I guess it's like making the rounds in my family. We did watch it uh, with Doug's family. Uh, New Year's. I think it was New Year's Eve we actually watched it because we were okay. trying to kill Tom before the ball dropped. Um, but then some of my family's watched it too, so that song just keeps popping in my head. It's super good. It's super good, by the way. I loved it. I thought it was very cute. Um, somebody asked me what my favorite character was, and I think I was like, I really like the main character. I can't remember her name at the top of my <laughs> head right now because that's just how my brain works. But if you haven't seen it, super cute. Love the movie. I feel like uh, Nicole will love it too. So I haven't seen it. I have a coworker who mispronounces great. everything. So one day he was like, have you seen Encito? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I'm like, He's like, get that movie on Disney+. Plus. Encanto. He also, um, I should be nice. He also, not only does he mispronounce, but he repeats himself a lot. So the next day he was like, hey, have you seen that? Uh, have you seen Enchanto yet? <laughs> That's not it either. That's not the name of that movie. You're like, okay, George, we need to have yes. a talk. <laughs> Incidentally, I do have a coworker named George, and that's not the one. I'm okay, about. sorry, George. If you're yes. listening to this, we're not. He's a hundred percent not listening to this. Uh, but. Um, awesome, love you, George. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so something else random that I wanted to share. I was like, I found this randomly, and I'm probably people. I feel like you're gonna be like, yeah, Beth, that's been there forever. But okay. I noticed on the Disney Parks blog, if you go on there now, they have a whole section that's just wallpapers. Yeah. So like, you can click on. Disneyland Resort, you can click on Walt Disney World Resort, and then below that, it's like uh, Disney Park Blogs wallpapers. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, like for your uh, for your phones and devices. And I was like, why have I not like seen this? I guess because I haven't really looked on there much because I'm just typically looking for like quick news stuff that they've put out. Uh, but I wasn't paying attention to that. So I was like, there's something random that I'm probably super late to the party, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. So if you're the one person maybe that's listening to this, it's like, I did not know that. Uh, it's on the Disney Park Blog's main page. You scroll down a little bit and there's a thing that's like wallpaper. So if you want some fun okay. Disney wallpapers for your phone or your iPad or your computer, or whatever, go there and you can download them. They're all like themed for different holidays and stuff. So anyways, uh, yeah, I think that's like all we kind of have. I know we have lots to cover today. Lots of fun yeah. facts. I uh, wanted you to talk a little bit about your your tour. Listen, everyone. So I had the distinct pleasure of doing a Wilderness Lodge knowledge tour mm-hmm. recently. So what I like about this, obviously, just being able to get whisked around the Wilderness Lodge Resort and learn some information was that for these, you know, for these episodes, we're often doing research for these resorts, but I feel like I got to walk through the research for this one. So I think we have a little more than usual for this resort in terms of storyline stuff and um, the stuff that happened during the construction and what led Disney to choose this versus that for a lot of their stuff. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like this resort is unique in the sense that it's like super Disneyfied, and I don't even mean with Disney characters, like it is a story of a resort as opposed to just like a building with some rooms in it. Not that there really is many resorts like that at Disney, but this is like a particularly storylined resort Mm -hmm. with a lot of stuff that's true for what the theming is. And um, throughout this tour, I learned like a whole bunch of stuff that truly I haven't really found anywhere else when I was doing um, my portion of the research, research for this resort. And I also want to mention, if we can go back a little bit to the to the uh, introduction for this episode, mm-hmm. that little bit of, there's, listen, it's so wild. There's always like random old school audio clips for these resorts. Because, you know, we're right now we're up to 1994 is when this resort opened up. Yeah. So we've been going in order of when these opened up. So obviously we started in 71 for contemporary. So we're in the 90s now. And the 90s was great for a lot of reasons, but mostly they're corny music. So I wanted to bring a little bit of that to this episode. Before we even get uh, into the Wilderness Lodge, before we launch into the construction history and blah, 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 I have to play a little more of that audio that I played in the beginning. So the part you heard so far was the the host of this show called Disney Inside Out, you know, talking about Wilderness Lodge. But obviously, because it's Disney and it's the 90s, they have a song to go with it. There's always a song. There's always a song. So the guy that's the host of the show um, who is walking around different parts of Disney World but is concentrating on Wilderness Lodge because at this point it's just opening. 
Um, I think he's talking about how it has everything except for a bear, and he's about to go on on a search for a bear. So here's a little bit of that. It's woodsy, it's outdoorsy, it has indoor plumbing, but there does seem to be one thing missing. Bears. I'm going off in search of a razor clod foaming at the mouth, hopefully vegetarian bear. The wilderness lodge is a great new place. Scott's looking for a bar, so he's gotta make haste. Heading down south where the air is clean to talk to some folks in the Pirates Caribbean. Yo-ho, 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 the Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, a lot going on so, here. So, why are we talking to the Pirates of the Caribbean? I, I, nobody knows. Caribbean, Caribbean. y'all. I can't believe we've been mispronouncing it all these years. What what are we thinking? Pirates also, the they have like, ra- did you hear the random sound effects that were happening there? So, yeah. but the guy, by the way, the guy's name is Scott. So that's what's like, Scott's looking for a bear or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just have to replay one piece of that because as, as but the- But it also sounded like he, it sounded like they said he was looking for a bar. Yes, that was another and thing. And that's why he's talking to the Pirates of the Caribbean because they're all alcoholics. So I don't know, but the the joke is is that Listen, Disney, they should have get it together. <laughs> they should have said bear because yeah. it's used for a rhyme in the next verse. So I right. don't I, in the next line. So I don't know what's happening, but they also play a sound effect that could be um like a a cartoon like sound of someone dropping something. It could be flatulence. It could be lots of things. So let me play that part okay. again and see if you hear what I'm talking about. Lodge is a great new place. Scott's looking for a bar, so he's gotta make haste. You heard that, like, bonk. It definitely, it was definitely bar. He's looking for a bar. Yes. But in the captions, like, on the screen, like, the sing-alongs, you know, puts the word, the lyrics, Mm -hmm. it says bear. Who the heck knows what's happening? Somebody messed up. Somebody messed up. Somebody really messed up. Um, and one one last thing, I want to see if you, I'm going to take you back to the 90s as well and see if you can recognize this bit of sound. So one of the many things I think we like about the Disney resorts, specifically the deluxe ones, um, part of what they do to transport you is to play specific background music at the resorts, right? And Wilderness Lodge has a really specific playlist of sounds. Mm-hmm. And without even knowing what the theme of Wilderness Lodge is, although you can probably guess by the name of the resort, Wilderness. since we haven't talked about it yet, this isn't spoiling or anything, but... They have like a like a ninety minute or so loop of audio, and uh, there's one piece of it that is actually from a soundtrack of a movie that I think you've seen. Um, I know it's something that I've that I saw in the '90s, so I'm curious if you recognize it or not because I hear it every time I'm there. Okay. Um, and I'll be there later today, and hopefully I'll hear it again. So here's a little clip of some of the background music you'll hear walking around the resort, or you're outside waiting for a bus or something like that around Wilderness Lodge. idea i'm like i know it yes but i can't place it right now uh, okay so give I'll me give a you hint this, i'll give you one hint it is a movie about a sport and this team did win the sport that they're playing a ragtag team and it's not like rookie of the year of or kids um oh uh mighty ducks Yes. It is okay, there the it is. Ducks. I was like, yes, that's it. Mighty Ducks. Yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. It's one of those things where I couldn't place it either. I've heard right. it all the know, all this right? time. So I finally like looked it up. It's like a sound from your childhood. Yes. It's that. Yes. And I don't know why they chose that specific. I mean, I don't know what what landed it in the playlist, but I hear it all the time there. And I almost get like these residual goosebumps of like i'm supposed to be feeling an emotion because of this and i don't know why and i really and hope I remember that every time you hear it if there's people around you you start going quack 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 mr duck quack yeah quack quack see who <laughs> see who knows what you're talking about yes anyways love that love okay it. so um i i don't want to i also want to go into this like normally i would say these facts as if i found them and i'm not even going to go there so shout out to you greg for getting all a lot of these facts together really all of them so um you're going to hear me talk about them but just know that 
it's mainly from this tour, which is nice because we have official, I'm going to say it again because I said on the uh, Pat chat, we have official Disney canon here. Yes. So we know that these facts are true. Um, we also got some from obviously the Disney website. And then I pulled a couple from the wdwinfo.com. Oh. All right. All right. Are, are we ready to jump, jump into in? some okay. Wilderness Lodge stuff? So like our typical resort rundown episode, we'll go through the official Disney storyline, some construction information. I'll talk to you about some of the um, different rooms that are available, the restaurants and stuff. Any tips and tricks we think that you all need to know if you're planning to stay at Wilderness Lodge. So all kinds of stuff coming your way. And we'll start as we always start. With what Disney says. All right, so the official Disney description is, Escape to the rustic majesty of America's great Northwest. Inspired by our turn-of-the-century National Park Lodges, Disney's Wilderness Lodge celebrates America's craftsmanship and honors the beauty of the untamed wilderness. Soak in the splendor of the great outdoors, from nature trails through pine forests to rocking chairs that overlook a murmuring creek. Murmuring creek. Inside, discover towering totem poles, headdresses, and more. And enjoy the rustic elegance of the stone heart and roaring fireplace. <laughs> You're welcome. I was That's, going more with the Big Thunder Railroad theme there. Oh, that was you? I thought we brought in Ye old Prospector <laughs> to run through the description <laughs> of Wilderness Oh, Lodge. That too. Also also bringing inspiration from uh, Will Ferrell there. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then the official Walt Disney Imagineering storyline says that Wilderness Lodge celebrates the Pacific Northwest, the railroad industry, and the overall westward expansion of America. It seeks to remain in touch with the earliest inhabitants of the West and with the land itself. The earliest inhabitants of the West and with the land itself. They're like, we're trying to cover everybody here, y'all, okay? <laughs> we realize we stole your land. Sorry, here's a totem pole to remember you by. Can I, I mean, <laughs> I think you might be joking, but part of the tour that I went on was that, was like this really big dedication to talking about how there are some stories that are so important mm-hmm. in our nature's history, and there are stories that are difficult to tell, and there are stories that are difficult to hear. Yes. And some of the stories that revolve around uh, the Native Americans of America, that's redundant. The Native Americans are sometimes stories that are hard to hear, so they kind of do more allusions to those stories mm-hmm. as opposed to like flat out, hey, we stole your land kind of I stuff. I guess at least they're talking about it, but yes. um, I would also throw back in their face today that why can't we have Pocahontas uh, instead of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we're going to change up. Splash Mountain. Anyways, moving on. All right, history. So we're going to go through the history first, and then we'll talk about some construction and stats. So back in 1984, Michael Eisner took over. He was starting out as CEO of the Disney Company, and that's when they announced that three new hotels would be built near Bay Lake. So this is the Grand Floridian uh, Beach Resort, the Mediterranean Resort, and then Cypress Point Lodge, which we now know two of these resorts did not happen, but we're going to talk about that. So this was 20-plus years after the initial Walt Disney World plans that included multiple resorts in the area, um, and those were paused, you know, a lot of them were paused due to the many factors, including the 1973 oil crisis. <laughs> uh, Cypress Point Lodge was one of these big ones, right? And this was planned as a moderate resort. It was going to have 550 rooms and an additional 20 plus lakeside cabins. So they had the land. The land was cleared. It was ready for construction. Um, and we also know that the building of Cypress Point Lodge was still alive in the uh, the early 80s because it was included in a large model of the Walt Disney World Resort in the post-show area of Magic Kingdom's Walt Disney Story attraction. So if any of you remember that. Um, mm. However, around the time of the opening of Epcot, Epcot Center, any mention of the lodge basically disappeared. Dis- disappeared. Any mention of the lodge disappeared because essentially Epcot needed the funds for that. So they were like, we have to kind of nick some things because we got to put this money into Epcot. Designs for a new resort then began in 1989. Michael Eisner declared the 90s as the Disney decade. He was quoted as saying, the Disney decade is about a dream and it's about us. The plans are incredibly exciting and will touch every aspect of this company. Uh, We'll have new hotels, new attractions, etc. And then in 1992, Disney broke ground with construction for Wilderness Lodge. At the ceremony, Eisner said, In our architecture, Disney continues to produce the kind of groundbreaking entertainment that keeps the Disney name magical to people around the world. Our architecture is part of the show. So from design to construction, Eisner was personally involved in every decision that they made for this. The resort finally opened in May of 1994 has 700, with 728 rooms. It included several restaurants, so some of these we know, Whispering Canyon, Cafe, Artist Point, Territory Lounge, and Roaring Fork. And we'll talk a little bit more about those later, but that is the initial history of the opening of the resort. And there's some there's some like little nuggets in there um, that I think are important. One is that 
Michael Eisner was involved, according to Disney history and himself, right. um, in every aspect. And I think that shows, because he was Mr. Story, right? Yeah. Just like he called this the Disney decade, um, and how he really loved high theme. Mm-hmm. This is a high-themed resort. Very, very much. Yes. Which is why we have a lot of um, like construction and theming kind of stats for you. Oh, yeah. And even the name, the Cypress Point Lodge, obviously changed. But you may uh, remember that it was built to be regular rooms and lakeside cabins. And although there are lakeside cabins now currently at Wilderness Lodge, that was part of a different expansion. So we'll, we'll cover that in um, another episode. So really, this is focusing on Wilderness Lodge proper. So Disney Vacation Club did two expansions here at this property. And we're not really going to mention that here because they have their own storylines, their own kind of spaces. So this is truly like just straight up Wilderness Lodge stuff going on here. Yeah. Um, And this part, we have a lot of facts here. So Doug... Doug. Doug? This Who's is, Doug? Okay, side note. This is what I do to people that I talk to a lot. I just get all your names mixed up. So it's either Doug, <laughs> yes. JR, which is one of my brothers, um, you, or my other brother, Russell. I'll be like, Russell, I'll call Doug, Russell, or JR all the time, and then vice versa when I'm like with them. So anyways, <laughs> so it's kind of like a term of endearment for you. Okay, sorry. Anyways, Greg and I are going to go back and forth with some of these facts because it's a lot. So you'll be hearing both of us during this part. All right, I'm going to start. The construction of the resort was led by architect Peter Dominic Jr., uh, Dominic traveled to many hotels of America's national park system and took note of the elements he loved the most. His goal was to bring them all back here and centralize them in one great lodge. So as you know, Disney does a lot of kind of um, research before they're doing something like if, you know, infamously Joe Rody's like a big one for this, right? He, they'll take a big trip and they'll go on places. So they actually did visit a lot of the national parks to sort of get some of the ideas for all these different things. Yeah. And you'll hear more about the national parks, too, um, as we go through mm-hmm. here. One of the things that Imagineers wanted to do to immerse all of us into the resort was build a long entry road. So as you pull into the property of Wilderness Lodge, you go under a giant archway. And they were saying that the point of that was to make you feel like you're, quote, leaving Florida. Mm-hmm. Like when you leave a state or come into a state, there's usually like a sign that says like, welcome to where you're now leaving. So it was that kind of thing. And the point was for you to feel like you're entering a new land. And as you're driving this road, which, by the way, is called the Timberline Drive, mm-hmm. and Timberline is an actual uh, lodge that exists in Oregon over in the Pacific Northwest. So just like you might imagine, not a randomly named street. Right. But as you're driving this road, you approach the resort seeing it from the side and not face on. Imagineers thought that this helped set the lodge up as being like tucked into nature and a real getaway instead of just kind of going like face on to the resort. It was almost like a bit of a mystery because you can see it like popping out over the tops of some of the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you've ever driven over there, like once you kind of turn on that road, you're like, this is, there's like nothing over here. Yes. You're just kind of driving through the trees, but that's kind mm-hmm. of the whole point Yeah, um, is to, to kind of get you into that like new immersion of a new land sort of thing. So same thing with the lobby. Like when you enter the lobby, you're kind of meant to feel like you've stepped into a true lodge. And if you've stepped into this lodge, you know the feeling. So there's a huge fireplace in the lobby. This is just one of the main examples of that. Um, And that is what like helps you kind of accomplish this feeling. Like you've stepped into this big lodge. There's this huge fire uh, fireplace, the rocks raw, like the uh, rock layers. It like goes all the way up the um, like up the wall. And um, it's a very, very tall structure. It's modeled after the Bright Angel Inn fireplace. And this is located in the Grand Canyon itself. The fireplace was designed to mirror layers of the Grand Canyon. And Imagineers wanted to capture that too as Wilderness Lodge and created the fireplace with this like geologically correct colors for the layers of the stone. Yeah, it's illegal to remove stuff from the Grand uh, Canyon. Mm-hmm. So to recreate it, they obviously had to come up with like their own version of it. So they they literally went like layer by layer, matched the colors and created it. And it's 82 foot tall fireplace. Mm-hmm. In the Same. middle of this lo- lobby. It's wild. And the rocking chairs in front of it are my favorite. Yeah. Like so, it, right. at the It's an actual fireplace. Yeah. It's a real working fire, fireplace. They have uh, the set of the rocking chairs there. And um, we'll talk more, too, about furniture choices as, mm-hmm. we, as we go through here. Because like, just like everything else, you're going to find not random choices. A lot went into the design of this. Yeah. Um, the lobby itself is full of nods to the Pacific Northwest and all of the different places that the Imagineers visited. Maybe something that you'll notice if you go up a little bit is the floor, because as you're walking on, I feel like we, we tend not to pay attention to the floor yeah. so much. By the way, hardwood floor in here. So the lobby floor is an interpretation of a 
Hoppy storm pattern weaving. I'm sorry if it's Hopi. It's probably Hopi, Hopi H-O-P-I. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a well-known storm pattern weaving. The lightning bolts extend out from the, quote, storm pattern, and they spread out uh, to the, toward the four corners of the earth. The weaving was reinterpreted into the wood floor, so they took like an actual well-known pattern mm. and built it into the floor of this lobby. Just crazy. Things that you had to pay attention to. Um, and then if you'll look up when you go in there, you'll see hanging from the lobby ceiling are four massive 600-pound TP chandeliers. So those big chandeliers you see when you look up. Um, they're made from actual rawhide. Don't come after us, PETA. Each of the TP <laughs> shades are hand-painted with Native American symbols painted on them in red and black. Uh, they are framed with the bronze and steel ring of buffalo silhouettes and Native American Indians and cowboys on horseback and buffalo. And the challenge for the interior designers uh, for these was to have these four chandeliers light the entire lobby. So if you think about it, I'm like, they're using real rawhide um, and like paint and stuff on them. And they're like, hey, these four things have to basically give off enough light for all for the entire lobby. And they have accomplished it, obviously. Uh, but those are they're beautiful. Mm. 600 pounds. I was like, holy moly. 600 mold. pounds. Yanks. Uh, behind the front desk are eight cradle boards made by different Western nations who gave them to Wilderness Lodge to represent their lands and their people. So they actually created stuff. Yeah. Gave it to Disney as a way to have their people represented here in this lodge. And this is for sure part of the, quote, celebrating the earliest inhabitants of the Western land mm -hmm. part of the history or part of the resort's story that we mentioned earlier on. So the next thing you'll see are the totem poles. You'll notice there's a bunch of totem poles. And so a lot of people might look at those and be like, uh, shouldn't those be like in Polynesia? Like, I don't, I don't, what's the deal? I thought those were like island type things, but they're not. They're featured in the lobby. The poles are a great way for tribes to tell stories of their history. Traditionally, totem poles are red bottom to top. At Wilderness Lodge, they don't tell any one specific story. Instead, it's like a collection of stories throughout. So each animal tells a different story about different tribes and groups of people in the West. And those are made out of red cedar, just like a traditional totem pole would be. And they were made off-site and brought into the resort. They're 55 feet tall. And I feel like when we talk about how tall things are, just to give you an idea of how big this lobby is, right? So fireplace is 80 something feet tall. Mm -hmm. These totem poles are 55. Like it's, it's a big, it's a big wide open yeah. space. The totem poles took over a year to complete. And I found out through, through doing a little more research that it wasn't just like Disney Imagineers carving in, into this wood. The uh, totem poles were completed by renowned totem pole artists and actual Native American historians. Awesome. So like legit stuff yeah. happening with these totem poles. Yeah. Um, so there are totem poles, but there's other like big structures of things. There are four tall bundles of wood in the lobby that are all held together. And they are said they are there to hold up the heavens for us. Oh, That's deep, man. Yeah. So these big structures are in the lobby to hold up the heavens so that humans can exist and heaven doesn't come falling down on us. <laughs> Ooh. Um, on each bundle top are animals carved in different light zones. This is like I had to I had to have someone repeat this to me. So on these big poles are different animals as they exist in different in nature elevations. Yeah. So the four different elevations they talk about are the sky, the lower alpine, the upper alpine and the prairie. Mm. And as you look at those animals, they exist where they are in the like elevation of land, so which is be like a like, bird and then like yeah like a smaller land like yeah. an animal that would maybe live on a mountaintop and then right. an animal that might live in trees and then an animal that lives primarily on in just regular old earth Interesting. yeah cool. isn't that nuts and then prairie could even be a little bit below right because aren't right. the prairies sometimes ones that like live underground they pop up for stuff and then it's like a whack-a-mole situation yeah well i mean the when they say prairie they're just yeah they just mean the the actual dirt i guess earth the earth um okay and so We've already listed a bunch of things, but there are plenty of other artifacts that were placed within the lobby area. So I'm going to list off some of these. There's an elk tooth dress. Uh, there's celebration shields on every floor by the elevators. There's four headdresses, which I love looking at the headdresses. They're absolutely mm. incredible and just the details in them because you know they're all like hand done. Um, there's cases throughout the lobby with a bunch of different artifacts like moccasins or they have tools. Um, Native Americans typically believe that spirits are the only ones with perfection. So to show their humility as human beings, they left imperfections in their creations. So um, next time you're in there, like, see if you can find some of the mistakes that are within these patterns that they've done. Yeah. And those patterns exist on like the chairs, mm -hmm. on the headdresses themselves. 
So it's not so like you probably miss it when you're walking by it because why why would you sit there and try to look for an imperfection? But sure right. enough, you'll notice something isn't symmetrical or like a little piece missing. And it's and cool to think that did. like you might look at that and be like, uh, I mean, wow, Disney, like you guys yeah. are. But they're like, actually, no, that's on purpose. Even even the imperfections yes. are on purpose. So yeah, wild, it's wild. Mm-hmm. So um, let's move on to some of the the other things that are happening in the lobby. So you mentioned that there are restaurants in the lobby or that are attached to the lobby. We have Whispering Canyon Cafe, probably the most popular of all of the places, the Artist Point. And then connected to Artist Point is Territory Lounge. So that's like the lounge that goes with. There's a lot, I feel like for a lounge, there's quite a bit of space in there. Sometimes yeah. a lounge has like just one bar next right. to a restaurant. This looks more like a full, a full restaurant. Um, the Territory Lounge was built to celebrate the 1820s and 30s when America was not satisfied where they were and we're interested in expanding. Uh, there's a big giant map of when the Grand Canyon was basically discovered by explorers. And that's in there to remind you, to motivate, to inspire, to explore. And that's like one of the big discoveries, let's say, of America. Among the big ones, right, is, oh my gosh, there's this huge, big Grand Canyon. What else is out there is basically the point of having this big painting on the wall here in Territory Lounge. Yeah. Um, and if you look up at to the ceiling of Territory Lounge, there is a homage to Lewis and Clark, which obviously we know are famous explorers. It's not the TV show that you used to watch back in the 90s, No. Um, which was Lois and Clark. <laughs> there is a hidden Mickey up on the ceiling, by the way. Mm. And what's funny about this one is, and I'm not going to tell you exactly where it is, but it's basically in the butt of an animal. So awesome. uh, someone was having a good time yep. when they chose this hidden Mickey. So see if you can find it if you're in territory lounge by the way the lounge typically doesn't open until near-ish dinner time yeah. right because it's not a breakfast or a lunch place Correct. you can still walk around it um so feel free to poke in it's probably better if you go in when it's not open obviously if there's like a partition don't go around it yeah. they often leave it open um go and look around because there's lots of stuff to look at which we're about to talk about mm-hmm. but see if you can find the butt hidden mickey Yes. And um, the lounge was also created with a darker lighting in place to create like a cozy, relaxed vibe. I would say the vibe in there is very like Ron Swanson. If you are a Parks and Rec fan, <laughs> yes. it is like, a you know, just kind of like old West, like real kind of manly, like rugged, uh, if you will, uh, vibe yeah. in there. It's 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 really cool. I like it. The Territory Lounge has some cases on display on the wall to celebrate, quote, living with the land, mm-hmm. not the ride and attraction, ride. but like actually what it was like to live out on real land in the West. And the centerpiece on the wall uh, recognizes the explorers who were tasked with bringing back information from the West. So as we expanded out West, obviously some of that information had to be relayed back to the people, I'm going to say here, but over towards the East. So it features all kinds of camera equipment as a nod to those people, mm. all of the photographers during this time, your old school vintage paparazzi yeah. for America, who are out there capturing all these images and bringing back to the East. Yeah. Uh, one of the cases of those features President Roosevelt. So before becoming president, he was actually a military man in the Rough Rider era. Uh, he was the first to visit the southwest parts of America to, like, actively recruit, recruit to fight in the war. And he thought we needed to, like, sort of band together to fight for our collective land. So this fed into the Native American philosophy uh, that we are more alike than different. And he set the tone for how to sort of move forward. And then he also signed the national parks into existence. So a lot of people don't know that about President Roosevelt. Yeah. Speaking of the national parks, I learned something about national parks. So we mentioned about the overall uh, storyline of this resort is inspired by national parks um, in our country. So within the Territory Lounge, there is a big giant flag on the wall, and that flag is the Wyoming state flag. Why? Why Wyoming? Walt Disney Imagineering thought it would be a great way to remember Wyoming for being the state with the first national park, Mm. that is Yellowstone National Park, And we learned about why it's a national park and not a state park, like Yosemite Mm. is a state park. Yellowstone became official eight years before Wyoming was made a state. So the national government had to step in to oversee it, basically run it. And the overall look of Wilderness Lodge is inspired heavily by the Old Faithful Inn at Yellowstone Park, our first national National park park of America. And that's where it all started in Wyoming. Yeah, those are some facts that I I don't, I didn't know. Yeah, that is super cool if you think about it. Uh, There is also a land survey tool that's at the entrance of the lodge. It points into the middle of the restaurant as a nod to the explorers who are out there scoping the new Western lands. I don't know if you've seen a land survey tool, but it's like, it looks like a big, like a protractor, I think. Yeah. Right? Like it splits open and it goes like thing. And then um, 
they have like there's no like string that lets you up. Like if you look at it, it points out to a ruler that's in the mm-hmm. like on a on a column in the middle of the restaurant of the lounge. You definitely would overlook if you weren't investigating. Right. So if there's probably if there's one thing I think we could recommend more than anything else is just explore this resort. Yeah. There's just stuff everywhere. You be the and explorer, okay? Yeah, it's there's just so many crazy things. So right next door to Territory Lounge is Artist Point. You can actually basically like walk into it once you once you kind of go out the back of of um, Territory Lounge. It's right there. You walk right into it. It's changed a little bit, by the way. Yep. So it was traditionally just a signature dining restaurant. It is now storybook dining featuring Snow White and some of the Seven Dwarfs and stuff. And a little bit of the uh, decorations. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if you go in there, it actually looked like it's beautiful mm-hmm. in there, right? And obviously, there's a, there's a lot of nods to uh, the history of America in here as well. So Artist Point itself was named for spaces where artists set up their equipment to capture nature mm. and then paint or draw it and send it back to the east during the westward expansion of America. And one thing I didn't mention about Territory Lounge is there are a lot of paintings on the wall in there. So it really is connecting these two okay. resorts, gotcha. these two restaurants together because all of the paintings in there are these big like landscape photos that look really peaceful, really no people in them, all animals. And the reason why the artist decided to paint those paintings and send those back the east was that the people in the east didn't believe that that's how the land looked yeah they actually like couldn't wrap their head around the idea that they were underdeveloped just animals living in these big landscapes with mountains because by the way although there are mountains on the east coast it's a totally different experience right there are not it's more of the exception for that to be mountains versus so many of them prevalent on the western part of the country so when you're looking in territory lounge and as you're entering artist point just keep in mind those paintings were there for a reason and that was to remind everyone or really educate everyone on what the land looked like and why we're interested in expanding and fighting for that land, basically. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting history lessons here. I'm like, yeah, tell me more. Um, there, One of the large murals that you're talking about, too, is called the Cliffs of Colorado, and it has a hidden Mickey in it. So if you're out there and you want to like check that out, you can look and see if you can find the hidden Mickey. Hopefully it's not in the butt of an animal um, no. on this one, but that sort of goes with that theme of like these large murals. Um, if you have a chance to walk around Artist Point, and again, if, if you don't want to have a signature dining experience, um, you can you can probably poke your head in before it opens up. But it's got these big trees in there, and the branches kind of like sp- Mm -hmm. Uh, fan out into like the main open area and that's where you can see the two connecting murals in there and it really is immersive and of course they added in the the snow white stuff in there but look around because it's this nice quiet restaurant with all this like exposed wood and stuff and it's a lot of floor-to-ceiling windows because it overlooks the courtyard area of the resort you can see the pool in the background and like the little wildflower kind of nature conservation area all of that stuff and then right outside that is the quick service place called Roaring Fork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Roaring Fork is set in the late 1800s when we uh, had established ourselves out west as far as we could go at the time. Uh, it's themed as a sportsman's paradise, especially for fly fishing enthusiasts. Which is not random because the lead architect on right. the Wilderness Lodge project was a known fly fisherman uh, fishing enthusiast yeah. yeah so i'm sure that's why we wound up with roaring fork because i was like what does roaring fork mean right. i've eaten at this quick service place so many times but if you look at the logo like the little thing that hangs down from the ceiling that lets you know it's roaring fork there's a big old big old fish on it yep so basically we were we went as far as we could go as as explorers and we kind of set up some shop i was like we're gonna live here for a little while and that's what the storyline <laughs> of roaring fork is a place to hang out eat and then also get your equipment for uh, for your fly fishing. Yes. So we covered some of the restaurants. The last one that um, you'll see in the lobby, and this is really the closest to the entrance of the lobby, is the Whispering Canyon Cafe. And it really goes from like the front of the lobby almost all the way to the back. So as you're approaching the Territory Lounge in the back left of it, Whispering Canyon Cafe goes all the way back there. Mm-hmm. And that little back seating area um, that's back in the back left of the lobby is called the Library. It's okay. modeled after the arts and crafts movement of the late 1800s, early 1900s. Artists wanted to put back the heart into creations. At the time, it was believed that the Industrial Revolution 
known for its mass production, removed emotion from things. In other words, everything was like mass produced. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a robotic lifestyle. Things were like boom, boom, boom. But where's the personal touch to things? By the way, personal what? touch you to things. You mean that's like commercialism? That's like not oh a... <laughs> uh, yeah, right? So we know that Disney we don't. We is, don't do uh, that now. <laughs> no, never. We would never revert. So obviously, um, Disney picked up on this because they're known for their storytelling. So the items in this area tend to be less uniform and even mismatched in spots on purpose. So this is not too dissimilar to talking about like mistakes in the patterns that right. were there on purpose to be their homage to the gods about how they were the ones who were supposed to be perfect. But this is more like, okay, we feel like as a society, we've lived too much of like a cookie cutter lifestyle. Um, that's not really what life is about. Things are, things are sometimes messy and not, and not matching. So this uh, concept of having things mismatched spills out over into the lobby as well. So you'll notice as you're looking at different furniture in the lobby, they're kind of in clusters. So they don't necessarily match each other cluster to cluster. They match each other within the cluster. Yeah. So like these big chairs you get to sit in are kind of like sofas or even the rocking chairs, if you look at them, they're not uniform. They're not mass produced. Right. They're almost like they came from people's houses and like they were just kind of brought into the lobby and that kind of stuff. So just reminding that there can be emotion, there can be story it's like in those home improvement shows or whatever where they say the house has charm or yeah, something that's yeah. and like that usually means that it's not like super uniform looking right. or that it things might be a little off like Kitchy that's really almost. what was going on here. Exactly, yeah. So that that came from the the back of the Whispering Canyon Cafe and spills out over into the lobby. Cool, cool. Okay, I love that. Um the resort overall is actually also said to have been built on a thermal spring. And so the creek starts in the lobby and leads outside to the pool area. So that's kind of where you're like, there's like a spring inside the lobby, like that yeah. little water feature area. I think it's cool. Yeah. So it's cool because their whole idea is like, oh, this is was built on a thermal spring. So the creek starts in the lobby and leads outside into the pool area. Yeah. I mean, if you follow it along, it goes, um, it's actually a great way to like get your kids excited about yeah. something or your adults because that's Greg. Yep. So see if you can follow the the spring that starts in the lobby outside. And if you do that, it'll take you out to the Fire Rock Geyser outside. Mm-hmm. This is probably a little more obvious as to what yeah. inspired this one, guys. Uh, it is inspired by Old Faithful and it magically happens to go off daily between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. on the hour. Um, magically because it happens to stop overnight. Isn't that weird? <laughs> so uh, there is a hidden Mickey here as well, and they say it is best seen from the wooden boardwalk that's nearby, and you'll you'll know what we're talking about if you head out there and take mm-hmm. a look at it. And the water shoots up 120 feet into the sky. Wow. Shoot. That's legit. Um, so uh, kind of as we close this part, uh, the story of the Maine Wilderness Lodge, it ends at the Industrial Revolution that begins in the 1850s um, as the advent of the railroad happens so like as the railroad all of those things were starting to happen that's sort of like the where the storyline of wilderness lodge ends but the boulder ridge and copper creek areas represent the decades after this time and we will those are like what we're going to cover in future episodes so yeah stay i think tuned for that i think the storyline of this resort is wild because as you know when wilderness lodge was built it was just wilderness lodge yeah. so the wilderness lodge itself is a full circle of what happened before during and after industrial revolution and the railroad and stuff so there are pieces of the wilderness lodge that technically take place after the storyline as the other two as a way to like make it a complete circle of its own history which is like yeah wild yeah this has been one of our more um like historical like historically kind of like immersed um resorts so far like everything else has had storyline and stuff like that and their place in history and all the yeah this was like every little detail has some sort of significance and like this art, like these people were brought in and this person was brought in and like every little thing. So um, I would say this has probably been, and I don't know if that's a Michael Eisner thing or not, but um, it's one, this, like this resort is definitely on my bucket list. Have you not stayed there? Never stayed there. I mean, I haven't stayed oh, at like many of the resorts, but we have gone and <laughs> hung out in there. We've, um, cause we've eaten at Whispering Canyon a couple times now. And just every time I'm in that lobby, I'm like, this is my place. Cause I just love the West. <laughs> I lived out in Colorado for a couple of years. I yeah. just love the West. And so, um, being in that resort, cause I'm like, of course, this is like how it is. You know, like it reminds me of being out West. Um, like even in like in Colorado and like in the Rockies and then um, it, out into like Utah when I've, I've gone to Moab and like camped and stuff. So I just love the theming of this resort. It's my favorite. 
Yeah. So let's talk about the resort itself, kind of the more resort-specific stuff, the rooms and, and what's going on here. So this is considered a deluxe resort in the Disney categories of resorts. Your price range for rooms start at $392 and go all the way up to $2,240. Ooh. And with most deluxe resorts, that's probably because it's some type of VIP suite. Yeah. And yes, that's the case here. Yeah. So the interesting thing about Wilderness Lodge is a lot of the rooms are the same, but there's something like 20 different combinations of rooms oh. that you could get because they have all different types of views. And I'm not necessarily going to name all of them, but just know that the standard room is 340 square feet, which is like kind of typical, maybe a smidge small um, for, for deluxe resorts. But these sleep for adults and an infant. If you do decide to get a, a room with a king bed, of course, then it's that's one king bed instead of two queens. So that sleeps two adults and an infant. But the views is where it gets interesting and the determines the price. I was like, this must be get. a nightmare for the front desk people. They're like, which one do you want? <laughs> yes. Well, I feel like at this point, it's probably all like automated. Yeah. But, so the different views are courtyard view, nature view. You can do a nature fireworks view, what? which really just means you're facing towards Magic Kingdom. Okay. Um, so these views, these the standard room ranges from 392 to 958 dollars a night depending on day of the week and season moving up a little bit are the club level rooms same size room it's just that you have access to the old faithful club lounge on the seventh floor and these rooms range from 643 to 1069 dollars so obviously you're paying a premium here but you do have access to the old faithful club lounge um, up on the seventh floor the deluxe room a little bit bigger than the other rooms it's 500 square feet six sleeps six adults it is also uh, a club level room meaning you have access to that club lounge it's got the two queen beds and the one queen sleeper sofa in the parlor Ooh. it's a room that has a parlor fyi and the larger room here that like the the big price room this is the one that goes anywhere from 1300 to 2240 a night is the yosemite press suite and it's 885 square feet in terms of deluxe at disney resorts that's a pretty small suite yeah. Because if you remember, like the Grand Floridian, we're in the thousands at um, least for a floor. Yeah, there some of them were like, yeah, the yacht club, beach club stuff we talked about. There were there were some big rooms um, over in some of the other uh, deluxe resorts. So um, we mentioned the restaurants. Roaring Fork is the quick service restaurant here. Geyser Point, I think Geyser Point might technically be part of the Copper Creek expansion, but okay. it is it's outside. Yeah. If you, like go eat there if you want to. We'll talk maybe a little more about the history of that place on our when we cover the, the Copper Creek expansion of Wilderness Lodge. But heads up, it is both kind of like a takeaway and a sit-down. So it's quick and table service, okay. but it is all outdoor seating, just FYI. That's the reason I've only eaten there once, because in Florida, I feel like there's a really small window of time yeah. that I'm willing to eat outside. Yeah. It's either too, it's either too cold or too hot. It's like yep. a small time. We're like, oh, it's warm, but not buggy. Um, and on like a really story, nice day, you're not like, you know what I'm going to do? We're going to go to Geyser Point today. Like it's. Well, yeah, because usually when it's that nice, I'm out in the park. Right. So I'm you not be in the eating park. food. I, I want to go to the park and not sweat sure, the whole time. For sure. Storybook dining at Artist Point is table service, like we mentioned, and it is signature dining. That's the Disney way of saying it's expensive. Mm -hmm. But of course, it is character dining. You get some Snow White, the Evil Queen, and a couple, a, a like a kind of random selection of the dwarves. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's not all seven. It's like Dopey and I want to say two others or okay. something like that. It's not not the full not the full set of them. We mentioned Territory Lounge. It's a it's the lounge connected to to uh, Artist Point. It really does not have a robust food menu. It's got apps, appetizers, small apps plates, like ribs. <laughs> yeah, um, just like ribs, some fondue dishes, some charcuteries, Charcuterie. different seasonal pies, and obviously they're known for their drinks. And the Whispering Canyon Cafe uh, is table service. And they are known for their all-you-care-to-enjoy skillets. Mm -hmm. um, and you said you've eaten here at, at yeah, a couple, Whispering Canyon, couple times. Right? Whispering Canyon is like the equivalent of Dick's, if you've ever been to a Dick's restaurant. It's Disney's not. version of Dick's, basically, where... Oh, because, because the, the waiters do not, servers play yeah, a role. They don't have to really be super nice to you. They're very sarcastic. So yes, they're not being rude. That's just part of the shtick. Part of the shtick. So the menu at Whispering Canyon Cafe is interesting. By the way, I have a story to tell. I think I told this on the early days of our podcast, but I want to bring it back up because we're talking about mm -hmm. this resort, and it's one of the most traumatic experiences I've had at Disney in my life. So coming up, I want to talk about my experiences at the resort. But anyway, the uh, the menu at Whispering Canyon Cafe is pretty interesting with their skillets. They have the traditional oak-smoked mustard barbecued brief biscuit. Mm -hmm. 
maple chipotle, pork ribs, slow-smoked pulled pork, citrus herb chicken. So what they're doing is they're hyphenating adjectives <laughs> and putting them in front of the dishes, Basically. in case you're wondering. Western-style sausage, uh, buttered corn, sautéed green beans. All right. The pig mm. is the other is the next platter. Mm-hmm. Braised pork belly, maple chipotle barbecued pork ribs, slow-smoked pulled pork. More of the mustard barbecue style, but these are piggy wings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Uh, Western style sausage and some other small stuff. The land and sea, salmon, herb, chicken. Nope. Uh, salmon, chicken, vegan sausage, charred portabella, barbecued cauliflower. This is like, this is some interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's all and very have, like um, random things. Yeah, and you can also, you don't have to get the skillets. You can do uh, individual plated options as well. Their mashed potatoes are incredible. It's basically just butter. So it's so good, but so (laughs) good. It's whipped butter made to look like potatoes. By the time they bring out all the other stuff, you're like, why would I ever want to put one of these green beans in my mouth? Like, it's just sort of, because there's like the green beans are very bland. So it's like all these like, you know, incredibly indulgent foods. And they're like, how about some green beans? It's like, "Mm, nothing. Just a round it out. You know, I got to add some green to the dish. I know. Um, also, uh, on the, within the lobby, you can access the main shop, really the like only, the only shop, shop here. Yeah. It is the Wilderness Lodge Mercantile. This also features a totem pole at the entrance to the shop. And what I learned about this particular totem pole is that the, um, the artist who worked on it, uh, said it was the hardest totem pole to create. You might think it might be with other animals to make sure they look right, but unlike animals, Mickey and Donald and them have a really distinct look. Mm. So the artist had to make sure he was able to create this totem pole that more accurately rese- resembles uh, more accurately resembled a really well-known mm. set of characters. Mm. So he thought it was much more difficult to create than the other ones that are seen throughout. Not necessarily the big right. giant totem poles, but the other like totem pole artwork right. um, in the resort. Plenty of things to do in terms of recreation. Um, some of them are premium. Some of them are not. Uh, fireworks cruise is an example of a premium. Of course, they have the campfire out there. They do the, the movie Under the Stars, like all the other Disney resorts. You could go on a fishing excursion, which I have done around Bay Lake. Although we did rent the boat out of... Um, did we get it out of Wilderness? No, we got it out of um, Contemporary. But they're all the same. You take a boat out there, get your sea bass and whatnot. There are bike rentals, so regular bikes as well as Surrey bikes. There's a running trail. There's a big giant walking trail that will take you to and from Fort Wilderness. Mm-hmm. So it's a nature walking path that connects the Fort Wilderness Resort and Cramp Campground. Cramp Campgrounds. That's that's for a certain week of the month where you're there. No, it is uh, the campground. You will get a cramp from they, walking on this trail. That's what they're trying to say. That could be it. That could be it. Okay, so let's talk about some stuff that I've experienced there, whether or not you should get the different views in the mm-hmm. rooms uh, as you book your room here, and then maybe some food I can recommend, because you know me with yes, just a certain cupcake obviously. coming your way. So um, the I talked about the different views available when you're booking your rooms here at Wilderness Lodge. The The standard room size, you know, is consistent throughout all of these. It's the, it's the view that matters. So a courtyard view is, you know, not bad. You can see some shrubbery and whatnot but this is a really great resort that i would recommend a high floor now obviously if you need access to the to the first floor if you're um, traveling with someone on wheels and would prefer to just like kind of not always have to take the elevator uh, maybe first floor is for you but if that's not 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 a a problem for you i definitely recommend higher views not every view is available higher but like a standard view you can still kind of see magic kingdom or contemporary but these are on the lower floor and you're going to see the parking lot mm-hmm. so like or backstage areas or like the big dumpster outside that's just that's just that however a nature view is really interesting these are put on a higher floor but like you know fourth fifth sixth and seventh so i would definitely go for for right. higher highest possible because you can see over the trees you can like really see magic kingdom you can see space mountain you can see the contemporary which means you can for sure see fireworks which is why there are nature fireworks mm-hmm. views Whereas um, some of the other nature views, if you don't want a fireworks view, but you still want a quote nature view, these will face the interior of the resort. Another reason why you want to um, request a high floor is you can really like see over the pool and kind of see over the other building, uh, kind of see at the the top of the other side of the building and see out over um, uh, Bay Lake out there. And it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to splurge for a nature or a nature firework view, definitely request a high floor. I think it's really maximizing your view in the rooms out there. 
Or you can kind of like get a room on the same floor as the club level. And if you're just kind of like perusing and someone happens to, to leave, you know, to exit the club, like, oh, let me get that door for you. And you hold it open for them. And then whether or not you slip in, that's totally that's up right. to you. I'm not recommending that's it. Right. I'm just letting you know these are things that can happen. Okay. So um, if you want a delicious cupcake, you can head over to Roaring Fork, their campfire cupcake. It's a chocolate cake, chocolate rocks, buttercream frosting with the marshmallow and the, the they make it look like there's a little campfire on there. It's mm, actually yeah, really like, yeah. it's really cool. Um, and they have it so that the marshmallow is being roasted over this like colored frosting fire. It's ridiculous. Awesome. Uh, it is really cool. And um, they have a really delicious cupcake during Halloween time. I think it's called like Going Batty or Gone Batty. It's a chocolate on chocolate cupcake. Oh. Hands down my favorite chocolate cupcake. And the Bananas Foster French Toast have had their breakfast. Ooh, delicious. Yum. Many people rave about Geyser Point outside. I need to eat there again because when we went there, it was not great. Our um, waffle fries, which is something everyone raves mm. about, came out as thin as potato chips. Uh-oh. And every time I tell someone this, they're always like, that's not at all our experience. Yeah. So maybe maybe try it out. The most recent time we ate at the Whispering Canyon Cafe was during Thanksgiving. So it was a Thanksgiving special menu. Okay. It was good. I thought the food was good. The little They brought out little um, pumpkin pie, like individual pumpkin pies, and they were really yeah. good. So. The times that we've been there, we've um, been there like normal times, both both times. Uh, food's yeah. really great. I mean, it's very obviously meat heavy. Like I would say if you're yes. looking for more vegetarian options, there's not a lot um, that are like good, I guess. Uh, but the food's just, it's really good because it's all just very indulgent. So yes. super good. And like you mentioned, the servers here are acting in a specific role. Mm-hmm. They have a certain set of characteristics that are probably unique yeah. to this restaurant. And I don't know if they're doing this um, in the environment we're in today with the ketchup bottles, but you may remember, you may have heard over the years that if you ask your server for ketchup, they kind of draw the attention to the rest of the restaurant and then everyone brings over their bottle of ketchup. So you have like 20 bottles on your table. That's like one of the running jokes for this restaurant. And you may remember the story, Beth, but this is for our new listeners because we've gotten some new ones over the years. But when Greg was little, um, we used to, I don't know why we we went to Whispering Canyon as like a family a couple of times. Um, and we would travel down with like neighbors. So one time there was like 12 of us um, at two different tables and they foolishly made a table for the kids and a table for the adults. And um, they gave us water guns. So the server <laughs> staff gave the kids table, which was probably like, 10 kids, which by the way, that's way too many. Whose idea was to travel here with 10 kids? Anyway, so way too many kids at one table. And they only the only rule was we're not supposed to take the little water guns and shoot the other servers. It was supposed to just be like each other. Mm-hmm. We can like run around. We were just running around the restaurant, squirting each other. And then we realized there was a door where the servers come in and out. So we obviously stationed ourselves there and shot every single one of them as they were coming in and out of the doors. I don't know what they were thinking. And we had a server. His name was Rick, Rick O'Shea. As in the Ricochet. sound of my... Okay. Um, incidentally, we wound up finding him, finding him later in life working at the Contemporary. And my mom was like, are you Rick O'Shea? Because his name... Yeah. He just said Rick. Yeah. And his stage name was O'Shea. And he was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I used to work at Whispering Canyon. Anyway, so on a separate trip to Whispering Canyon Cafe, I needed ketchup for whatever dish we were eating. And this was before the gag of bringing over all of the ketchup bottles to the table. They did things a little bit differently that for sure is a reason why um, therapy was needed in my life. So uh, I asked for ketchup for my dish. The server had me stand on my chair, and he uh, kind of broadcasted to the whole restaurant, had every single person in the restaurant turn towards me. And he brought up the chef. And (laughs) our server decided to tell the chef, hey, our Mm. guest here wants to put ketchup on your food and ruin it. <laughs> so he had the entire audience, the entire audience, the entire crowd in the uh, in the restaurant uh, hold up two fingers and say, and repeat after him, shame, shame, shame <laughs> toward me because I wanted to ruin the chef's food with ketchup. So as you might imagine, it's a bit of a trigger. I've never been able to eat into... ketchup since. No, no, and the thing is, like, I love ketchup. Like, I my family used to, my family bought me a Heinz ketchup T-shirt. Like, by the way, this, this existed in, in I don't know, whatever decade that was, the late '90s. But um, I still think about it to this day. And I walk in there, and I'm like, oh, remember that time mm. I was publicly shamed. shamed? If you've seen Game of Thrones, it's a little bit like that scene with Cersei, except I had all my clothes on. Um, but they were all screaming shame at me, and it was a weird thing. They have obviously calmed down how they handle yeah. the 
the catch. It's more of a joke now than a public, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, shaming of me. Yeah, Doug's was more, I think one of his was when he was little asking for like a refill. And so they brought him his own pitcher and like ketchup's <laughs> always the same thing. It was always a, the normal ketchup thing was like, once you ask for it, everybody has to bring their ketchup to your table. But his was like asking for a refill. They, they basically just try to take like little things and make jokes out of them. So like anything yes. you ask for extra, like anything that you're like, Hey, can I get some straws or can I get blah, blah, blah. They're going to like, they're going to take it to the end. They'll throw them at you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we asked for straws. He must've had 20 in his hand. He threw it on the table and walked away. Yeah. Yeah. Or someone asked for a refill. They were like, I'll have a little bit more. And they brought up like the smallest cup of a drink out. Like that's, that's what I'm there for. So hopefully they're still doing that. If I can offer some random tips for you all, um, I, I know we mentioned this, but the number one thing I could recommend is just explore the lobby, walk around. If you head up to the upper floors, there are multiple fireplace seating areas, mm-hmm. which is like kind of wild. So as you walk in the resort, if you make a sharp left, there's a set of stairs, go up those stairs. It's weird. There's like a glass door. There's really nothing going on there. You actually have to go up one more floor after that. And then you're on a you're on a level where if you uh, make a right, you can actually go outside. There's a door to the outside that's basically um, like just above the porta cashier or the, the big awning, the big kind of pull up space of the resort, and it's just a nice way to catch some fresh air. I think maybe that might have been intended as like a smoking area back in the day. It's not that now, but walk a little more. There is a um, a couple of like couches to sit on with a fireplace. It's really cozy over there. That is the first time I ever met Lewis at Disney Nuts. Yeah. You probably follow on Instagram with his ridiculously awesome totally. photos. I walked up. I was like, hey, um, big fan. <laughs> follow you on Instagram. My name is Greg. This is my wife, Nicole. And like, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh. And he was super nice. Yeah. And like, we've gotten to know each other a little bit since then. But that was the first time I met him over there at Wilderness Lodge. And then around the corner, like some kind of desks you can sit on. If you happen to be traveling for work or if you're the type that kind of likes to do work on the side when you're vacationing, Definitely head up there. There's like a nice couple of tables you can sit at, plug your uh, laptop in or whatever, and do some work. You can go up um, another set of stairs, and this is a little bit more open. Another fireplace out there, some like nice chairs to sit in. When it's Christmas time, it's a great place to view the big tree. It's also a great way to get a little bit closer to those big 600-pound chandeliers um, that we were talking about in the lobby. There's just so much to look Mm -hmm. at and see. There's a hidden Mickey quest on the resort. You can go up to the front desk, ask about the hidden Mickey um, scavenger hunt. They'll give you the piece of paper. They're all over. And some of them are so obvious, but you missed it because you weren't paying attention. Like definitely something you can do on a rainy day. Um, this is one of the resorts where for sure, if you don't have park admission for a day, either because it's a travel day for you or you're, you just want to have a day to relax. This is for sure a resort you can spend some time in and just relax and take it all in and walk around and still have activities to do. You can get married here. There's a little like overlook. So as you enter the um, resort, you go up a couple of set of stairs or elevator. I think it's the third or fourth floor. Don't quote me on that. But um, it's directly across uh, from the entrance of the lobby. Um, this is nice like wooden archway and it overlooks the mm. pool area. And it's a smaller venue, right? Yeah. So I, I, it's probably the 18 maximum people, give or take. Um, but it's considered a Disney fairytale wedding location. So if the Pacific Northwest is your vibe and you want to get married at the Wilderness Lodge and not have it be like a custom wedding, this is like a known um, option for a ceremony. You can do that here at Wilderness Lodge. I mentioned the trail that exists between Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness. So much mm-hmm. stuff. There really like, truly is yeah. just so much stuff to see and do with this resort. You got to check it out. Um, some pros about staying at this resort. This is kind of like a pro and a con because um, my wife, Nicole, loves the idea of a lobby environment where you can leave your room, go out to the hallway, and there's like the the crowd kind of a thing. Like everything you need is all centrally located in one mm-hmm. spot and um, just kind of makes you feel like you're a part of something big. So that's a pro in the sense that you don't have to like take a bus to get to your building. It's, right. it's all kind of right there. The bus ride to Magic Kingdom is super short because you can, I mean, you can see yeah. it from some of the rooms. There's also a boat option if you want a more relaxing ride over to Magic Kingdom. I think any any resort where there are multiple options to get to the parks is great. Magic Kingdom is the only one, but that happens to be one where you can have multiple options. You can see the electrical water pageant out there on Bay Lake, another free uh, piece of entertainment for you. The room decor, so like inside the guest rooms, is definitely something that's different than other resorts. They feature wood-carved uh, furniture, a bunch of earth tones to further immerse you 
into the environment there. Um, woodland creatures, you'll see them accented mm-hmm. um, throughout the room. So it's just so much more than a classic hotel room with just, just a straight up like dresser and a bed and a bathroom. Like there's like stuff to see. Yeah in the rooms the pool area is fun it's got a slide i always feel like i like to point out if there's a slide or not because as a kid that made that or right. broke my hotel experience is that i just need to go on the yeah. slide okay plus it's kind of cool to they be don't hanging have a slide. out there what is they, this crap pool yeah what is what kind of what kind of crap value resort <laughs> is this so uh of course it's just cool to be out there as a kid or maybe as an adult with the guys are going off and you're hanging out in the pool and relaxing and whatnot some cons there are parts of the resort that are far away from the lobby so it's all connected mm-hmm. but as you go out um the back of it is kind of like i don't want to say like like h shaped right so it kind of like offshoots with like a big uh, open area in the in the middle there so if you're in those rooms out there it's it's a bit of a walk from that room all the way down right. to where the buses are so that's a bit of a con the bus route to magic kingdom sometimes includes a stop at fort wilderness so although there is a single bus station you'll get on the bus excited to go to magic kingdom and as you're driving down Timberline, you make a left and go towards the back entrance to the Pioneer Hall area of Fort Wilderness. So just know, allow yourself some extra time. Um, that happens uh, during certain times of the day, certain times of the year that the bus route is split. If you happen to be traveling with a car, there is only one parking lot. So I bring that up because at some other bigger resorts like Caribbean Beach or Coronado Springs or those types of resorts where you can park like basically like up against your room. Old QS is a great example of that. It's like basically your own driveway. Not the case. It's a, it's a bit of a walk from your car to your room, depending on where everything is situated. There's a um, something you can see while you're outside, perhaps as you're pulling up on a boat from Magic Kingdom, or you're out there checking out the geyser, um, the Fire Rock geyser out there. They say if you look at the resort from outside, it's meant to resemble a bear, kind of mm-hmm. like paws out mm-hmm. facing you where the um, the big like offshoots of the resort would be the arms. And then you can like kind of clearly see two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. Oh. And I'll post a photo of that when this episode okay. releases. So you can kind of see what I'm saying. But I they didn't mention that in the tour that I went on for product knowledge or that it was really like part of the WDI, the Walt Disney Imagineering storyline for the resort. So it's kind of like unconfirmed, but it looks like it. So like, I, I don't know, kind of see for yourself. See if you can see the bear out there. And I think the last thing I'll say about Wilderness Lodge is I've gone here just to hang out. Like this is one of those resorts where I think it's cool to be in. They do a really good job of, of immersing you. It's like hundreds of acres of property. They brought in all different types of plant life to really make you feel like you're there. You'll notice there are no palm trees there. There are, Instead, mm-hmm. there are pine trees and other different things. They really like treated the landscape of this resort, including um, like wildflowers and just stuff that don't normally exist in the swamp lands of Florida. Um, It's really a destination more than it is just a place to sleep at night. So definitely check it out. Take a bus or a a boat over from Magic Kingdom one day and get over there because it's really cool. Do it up. All right. Is that a wrap? Is that a wrap on wilderness? That's a wrap on Disney's wilderness line. Such good stuff. All right, we still right. have a couple of things we got to cover today, but um, hopefully you, that you got a lot of information. I mean, I feel like I'm just sitting here like, uh-huh, I should feel like I should be taking notes. Um, <laughs> but such a good resort. It's beautiful. I highly recommend it. So I kind of just have one little news nug here. You don't have anything, do you? No, I don't. All right, so basically just a reminder that the – Festival of the Arts starts like this next week, right? This it's, Friday. Uh, running from January 14th through February 21st. Uh, there is a new Figment popcorn bucket, so peep your eyes on that. It's adorable. It's quite adorable. I can't, I'm like trying to get my hands on some of those. Um, and with the, they did come out with the foodie guide. I wasn't going to go through a lot of the foodie guide stuff here. If you're like a small bite kind of person, this is for you. Um, Festival of the Arts food, I would say, is more towards being artful so there's yes. a lot of cool thing i mean and it all looks incredibly like tasty too so you can check that out uh, the whole lineups at the disney parks blog they have like the whole foodie guide there for you so check that out just wanted to throw that out there yeah and i'll be there for opening day of yeah. farts with our farts shirt on yes we've actually sold some so like i put the link like just maybe did you really by. yeah we've had um i'm gonna say nine or ten sales in the past okay, week. i really hope that when you're out walking around you see someone else wearing it because i oh, absolutely I really love that so. Yeah. Um, because before, like, 
before mentioning on this podcast, I've, I think I've only sold one other one to my friend Josh. Oh, Josh and Kelly have been on like in the way, way, way early, early, early days of this podcast. Um, I believe Josh was the only other one who had a fart shirt. So now yeah. he's, he's no longer one in a million. Wow. He's like three in a million, but still. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm Show us your support I, I for in. the farts, everyone. Yeah, for the farts. Or if you're not there, just wear your shirt and take a picture and tag us. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's go back in time with some Disney history. Uh, of course, as always, brought to you in partnership with The Mouselets. Head over to their website, themouselets.com, or follow them on TikTok and Instagram for, like, just a bunch of, I like, know, consistent just some really good Disney giggles content. and really amazing information. Yes, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Um, I'll bring this back to the year 1999, Ooh. when All-Star Movie Resorts opened up at Walt Disney World. It is the last of the three All-Star Resorts, as you may remember from our resort rundown of the All-Star Resorts. Yeah. And I'm going to take us all the way back to 1990. This is when the International Gateway opened at Epcot Center. So uh, this new second entrance to Epcot allows park access to guests staying at Epcot um, at their resort hotels over there. So it's uh, located directly north of Disney's Beach Club Resort. The entrance puts guests between the United Kingdom and France Pavilion. So that's where you'll kind of come in. Um, And yeah, just throwing that out there because if you're going to go to the Festival of the Arts, maybe you want to head in there through this other entranceway. So. It's usually a little quieter, though, since the um, since they brought on the Skyliner, it's increased crowds a little bit back yeah, there. But generally speaking, bit. usually less crowded. Uh, before we get to our quote, and our quote today is from Mr. Walter Elias Disney himself. Ooh. A reminder, if you like what you heard today, please feel free to like, subscribe, head over to iTunes, leave us a review over there. We got a nice one, I want to say, last week, so shout out for the, for the kind words and a review for us. It just helps us become more visible in the podcast community. If you want to support us and get access to our weekly bonus episodes where we talk usually a little more about what's going on in personal life and some stuff that I can't divulge in a more public forum that usually mm-hmm. happens in our uh, in what we call our Pat Chats. In other words, our chats that happen for our Patreon supporters. There's a link to that in this episode description as well. You can follow us on Instagram at That Park Life Podcast or my personal account is at The Disney Greg. And I am at The Real Beth McDonald. You can do all kinds of things on our website. You can submit a magic gram request, a way for you to send a little pixie dust to someone you know. It's free for you, free for them. And we got a few last week. I got to fulfill those. You can also submit um, some topics. If you want to hear us talk about something, if you want to suggest a guest, or if you want to submit a cast member magical moment, you can do that as well. And that's thatparklifepodcast.com. Okay. Like I mentioned, we have, I'm going to start punctuating my sentences I know. I was like, oh, we're getting now. a little. Yeah. There. We're ready for a quote of the week. So this is from Walt Disney, and this is pretty fitting because it's about nature. Walt once said, the wonders of nature are endless. So whether you're experiencing nature at home or nature at Disney, perhaps by visiting Wilderness Lodge, go out there. There is truly a lot to see, whether you're expanding out westward or just enjoying your own backyard. Go out there and do it because there's a really nature uh, out there. Yes. All right, that's all from us for this week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. week. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.